0: Welcome to a special Encore presentation of Compassion Radio.
1: Yes, the audio quality may suffer a little bit sometimes, but they've realized very quickly our people need hope more than ever before. There's no guarantee how long or short this is and how it ends up. We need hope. And there's a hope that is eternal and there's a hope that doesn't fade, but it might be a hard hope.
0: How hard is it to hope in trying times? Well, just ask those hanging on to it when all else is falling apart. Hi, Bram Floria here with Compassion Radio, the daily journal of how hope comes alive as the kingdom does its work in the world's toughest places. We're glad you've joined us today. We've said many times on this broadcast that we take you to the front lines of faith, and that's certainly true. Sometimes where God takes us is to the front lines in more than one way, and Ukraine certainly fits that bill. Transworld Radio in Ukraine is doing the dangerous, necessary, and difficult work of standing with their countrymen in their hour of crisis, and standing for the kingdom in the midst of their ongoing conflict. And because of it, millions are grateful for their work. You'll hear all about it from a longtime friend and a man responsible for keeping the signal online and reaching hearts desperate for good news there. On the program today, we get a first-hand update on what's happening on the ground and in the air over Ukraine. Daniel Platt, Transworld Radio. Welcome back to Compassion Radio.
1: Thank you. Nice to be back with you, Bram.
0: You are the guy that has held the strings that have kept the cans singing to each other across this planet for the past number of years. TWR is one of the great efforts of evangelical outreach probably in the past three or four hundred years. I'm excited to find out how God has provided miracles for you as you've been reaching out to the people in Ukraine and in other parts around Asia. And you are the one that makes it all happen. You are the guy that gets the message from here to there. And the people that are speaking these messages are winning souls to Christ, but they're also bucking up the church in ways that only communications can. The word coming to them to make them strong in times of struggle. Ukraine is at the very center of all that right now. They have a vibrant church. They have a vibrant missionary focus to the rest of the world. And they're being torn apart, picked over as if they are a carcass by a foreign power. And something incredible is happening in the midst of all this with the body. And you're part of that. I want to hear more about that today.
1: I like your expression of being vibrant. (laughs) And I add bruised and beaten. Mm. It doesn't mean you're giving up one of the most glorious and horrifying paradoxes of the church and as our personal lives as christians is we usually grow strongest when we suffer yeah and i remember about four years ago one of god's words to me daniel you're gonna be broken and live in brokenness yeah i said god i don't like that then he told me why and it was good so the ukraine church has had over 400 church buildings destroyed.
0: And we're talking about the range of different denominations as well,
1: correct? Yes, as far as I know. And you serve many of them, and they all know who you are. Yes. Yes. TWR is not an organization that works with one denomination. We have our doctrinal factors, and there are things that we can agree and work on with many denominations. We also have certain parameters of what we do and don't say politically, Mm -hmm. because I believe God's word is pretty strong on its own. Indeed. Perhaps living and active like a two-edged sword or like a lion, but God's word is strong enough on its own to speak for itself. I agree with that. 400 church buildings destroyed. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the church is destroyed. Oh, amen to that. And... I know it's bruised because my home church in Bratislava, Slovakia, has had a Ukraine fellowship of about 30 or 40 people for three years now. Within a matter of weeks, we grew to 150 to 250 there.
0: Yeah, when you treble or quadruple the number of people that you are serving and that serve you by being part of your family fellowship, that causes a lot of upheaval. We've talked to churches that are doing incredible frontline work in Romania along the border of Moldova and Ukraine. The church is stepping up in big ways, but you pretty much didn't have much of a chance to say no to it. God just put them literally on your doorstep. They started calling their friends, and they reached out to you. What was your first response as a local congregation there in Bratislava when this onslaught came?
1: By God's grace, our small Ukraine fellowship, which meets after our Slovak church, had a young pastor who had, in God's wisdom, and following the Bible, set up some basic church structures that were functioning. Could. And so they could grow and expand quickly. And those who came, well, first of all, it means they left behind churches that are hurting without them. Yes, But they came and they knew they needed God more than ever. And so they pitched in with whatever they had. Mm -hmm. And it might be small. And there's a picture in the Old Testament once when they were taking an offering and they finally had to say, quit bringing stuff because (laughs) we're overwhelmed. That doesn't happen often in our churches and it didn't quite happen with us but it came close i was sitting in an elder meeting and one time they about a month and a half after this all beginning they talked to our pastors hey victor you know what do you need today not really anything that's great to hear are you needing food or clothes or other things Mm, not right now yeah Are you needing more housing? I'm doing okay right now. You know, this is pretty serious. Are you sure you're not needing anything? He took a bit and he said, you know, guys, first of all, a lot of people have volunteered ahead of time to give stuff and to give their houses without me even calling them. Right. Secondly, in our church, I have some contacts and almost every time I call somebody to see if they can help, they offer what I ask plus more. Hmm. I love hearing that. Now, I'm not talking about the global need or the, all of the church need. There are huge needs. Yep. Find a place you trust, give, whatever you can. But that's the way it should function in the church, shouldn't it? Oh, yeah. That's not socialism, that's not communism, that's God's love. That's brothers and sisters rejoicing when we rejoice and weeping when we weep, and that's what we should do.
0: And That's not a small statement coming from somebody who has spent the past dozens of years living in a place where forced socialism by the Russians was something that is a very living memory. And when Slovakia split off from the Czech Republic during the Velvet Revolution, things happened there that looked like it could spin out of control, could have been violent, but There was a desire for peace so strong in those two countries that they found a way to reconcile themselves to each other as friends, if not the same country being forced on them, and to stand independently from foreign occupation. But they still smarted from the harm of the past. It was a trauma for them.
1: Yes, it was. And maybe that's one reason they're more likely to give. (laughs) Amen just recently in August was the significant anniversary hmm. of the Russians either invading Slovakia in 1968 or being invited in, depending which articles you read.
0: But who's historian you talk to Yeah,
1: And they remember the difficulties And that's what it should be. We don't try to forget what happened in the past. We look to it to see how God is going to use us now and in the future.
0: I would love to say that we're actually being informed by our history. And we're having a little trouble, as you see here in America, disregarding or not wanting to consider what our history informs us about. And with the American church as well. You've seen it because the first generation for you in Slovakia of their relationship to Ukrainians and what's happening in Russia, it's very visceral because it's right in their faces.
1: It's also right on their border.
0: Exactly. And a lot of those refugees are coming straight into Slovakia from Ukraine at the very tip. I seem to notice here in America that because we feel protected by our economy and thousands of miles of ocean, that it's not a real problem for us. I think it's very clear politically and economically speaking that it's going to become a very serious problem for us if it does not get rectified soon. Because if Russia is not, as I would say, defeated, I can't think of a better word for it than just see the, the war stop and the aggressions cease, that we're going to end up paying a huge price for it here. And that's a very practical thing. But from the Church's perspective, whether they win or lose this war, whether Ukraine survives or doesn't survive this war as a political entity whatever the outcome the church is still being the church and i do believe that the end outcome is going to be that Slovakia and ukraine and the rest of the european countries do survive this but I'm not sure about how the American and Western Church is going to survive what's been happening to them all. Because I see we're not focused on deeper spiritual issues that have eternal consequence. We're more concerned about temporal things. That's my impression. What's your impression now coming back to the States after so long away?
1: I think it's a much bigger question of what it is that we want to survive. Oh, here you go. There's a fascinating book by Eugene Peterson on our personal lives called The Three Kings. Mm-hmm. And David survived by giving up his kingdom Mm -hmm. political kingdom and leaving alone and in pain but he saved his soul and god says what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul without getting too denominational in my distant past a lot of mennonite background and many of them chose to die rather than swear allegiance to the king instead of god Mm -hmm. or even sometimes defending their own family by god's grace i've not had to decide But at what price am I willing to follow God? And at what price am I willing to follow what he puts in my heart? And those aren't simple answers. No. And the answers may be some different for you than for me. In our case in Slovakia, it's simple. We have over one refugee for every 21 people Mm -hmm. in the country. So a lot of people are hiring them. Mm-hmm. Whether illegal or not, I don't know. And paying people to do work they maybe wouldn't have done otherwise. People are renting out their spare summer cottage mm-hmm. or giving it out. People are donating instead of selling at garage sales or the equivalent. Yeah. And this is on the secular side. If the secular church is doing that, you know how much more of those of us to the household of faith? Yeah. And if we rejoice with those that rejoice, if we aren't willing to really weep with those who weep, then we're in pretty bad shape. And I think that's much more important than political, national, and economical. I'm not saying those are unimportant. Those are very important. But our heart and our relationship to God has to come first. And by God's grace, I've not had to answer most of those questions.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, The questions about eternity versus temporal things have always been on the minds of those who have been part of a tradition which has seen their prime calling to be obedient, whatever the circumstances, and to be faithful no matter who would tear you away or threaten you. And the Mennonites have been a spearhead of that in the past four or five hundred years. I think for the better, too. I'm also seeing that the spirit you're talking about, Daniel, is expressing itself in big ways. And so it is with the Ukrainian church. They have had to make the decision. Do we serve the king of kings and risk staying here if he calls us to in the face of a war that we may or may not win as a nation? And if we are to stay here and be willing to put our lives on the line for the kingdom, what will it require of me today? And what is the calling? today. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the Kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please, take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. If we are to stay here and be willing to put our lives on the line for the kingdom what will it require of me today? And what is the calling today? In other words, marching orders. So what are you hearing from the church in Ukraine as you deal with them daily about what God is telling them to do?
1: First of all, most of them are trying to help each other, just as you hopefully would do in our own churches. Secondly, most of them don't have a lot of choice about serving the king, if you want to say, serving the country. There's a law if you're 60 or less, you're served. Yep. That includes the director of our organization there, who was around 16. He was not out on the front lines, but he was out digging trenches to protect his town. Yeah, And so that means you don't stop ministry, but you minister while you're doing it. You minister in addition to it.
0: While you're in the trenches.
1: Most of the studios where we're recording audio and now video are temporary, built in somebody's bedroom or kitchen with blankets around it. Right. Because that's what we have. Other places were destroyed or in unsafe areas. Yes, the audio quality may suffer a little bit sometime, but they've realized very quickly our people need hope more than ever before. Yes. There's no guarantee how long or short this is and who in, how it ends up. We need hope. Yeah. And there's a hope that is eternal and there's a hope that doesn't fade. But it might be a hard hope.
0: A hard hope is a great word for this, Daniel. You encourage the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists, and we would say modern prophets, the ones revealing truth and proclaiming it, and you help them through the technology to get that message into the air and into the ears of people who are hungry for it. What are you hearing about the way the audience that is even aware of TWR programming and the ministry that's coming to them by radio what are you hearing about how it's being received or how people are acknowledging that this is something that could be useful to them personally and might be essential for them as a nation?
1: I can think of three or four changes at least. One is as soon as our team got reassembled, you know, first the war begins and everybody scatters mm-hmm. or is in the army. Once they reassembled and got people back in, their response is let's give back. Mm. For instance, a seminary where they've had a lot of their pastors and a lot of our people trained was destroyed. Right. So they took a couple Saturdays and said, all the people, you know, working for our organization there, we're going to go in and help them clean up, gather books, wipe them off, mm-hmm. clean up the rubble so they can rebuild. Another way people have responded is we switched to doing all the programming in country. Mm-hmm. Some of it was coming from our other organizations outside the country. And that's good. Historically, you've had trouble funding the country and also finding enough people. Yeah. Some of the people are doing double the work they did before. That's why the difficulties of the war, because they're seeing the need, and God has renewed their passion. A tree that is pruned often bears much more fruit. Yeah. But I don't like sharp knives. (laughs) Now they're coming at you. (laughs) And it's also somewhat changed the message. How? The message now is one that much of modern society can accept, and that's how does God minister to us where we are? Mm -hmm. When our situation isn't ideal, it probably won't be ideal. But God is here. And what does that mean here? And how can I have hope? How can I have joy where he is here in difficulty? Somebody once told me if you're not in trial, you either just came out of it or you're going into it.
0: Well, there would be people in the West that probably would say, no, that's an aberration. That may be some people's experience, but that's not the way it should be or the way I've experienced in life. Because there have been a lot of people in the West who have never been shaken to their core. And I hope they never will have to be because of what's going on over there. I, I don't wish that kind of violence or fear or trauma on anybody. And yet it is true, objectively, that the majority of mankind alive today have experienced one of those big five, some kind of medical, political, warfare, famine Or they've been basically shoved into a system where they have no freedom of expression. And all these things are happening to a majority of mankind right now, which has suggested to a lot of people that democracy is on its heels and is shrinking in the world, which may be true, may not be true. But again, for us it's coming back to the eternal things, the eternal word, the eternal message, and the eternal truth. And truth is a big thing for me right now because I'm so tired of hearing so many lies from coming from everybody who claims to be telling the truth it seems to be our specialty now in the west again i'll kind of revisit the idea of the foreigner from the outside who also grew up on the inside you grew up on the mission field across the caribbean south america you have a lot of roots here in america but you spent your time in the past 20 or 30 years in europe you're a foreigner on the soil in some ways because of your heart and your experience what's your perspective yourself on what's happening here in america
1: you use the word truth i use the word authority what is an authority Mm, there you go. And it's keeping things in priority. I value my country. I have chosen to keep my U.S. citizenship, even though I have right to force citizenships. Mm. I am thankful for it. I am proud of it, but I'm much more proud of the citizenship in heaven. Mm. And I'm not going to compromise that one, whether it's U.S., another country, or anybody else. I'm not going to compromise my values. I will take whatever it is needed to meet with God's people. Mm-hmm. It means I have to wear a clown suit. Forget the mask. Yeah. We need each other. You know, what price will I sell my soul yeah. for the price of loving somebody else when somebody here is sick and dying saying, I don't want to see that again. I lived in the hospital for six months with that. Or am I going to look at my feet and say, "Shoes, you can do this." Jesus, please help me. Yeah, and let's find what we know we can do right to spread His word yeah. and to comfort His people. And this was, in a small way, it was uncomfortable for our Ukrainian and European staff. We had to start a couple whole new ways of using media. Hmm. They on the spots started adding videos and a lot of internet podcasts. Good. It didn't take anything from the other groups. Right. They so got a whole new listening source, and most of them non-believers. Mm-hmm. And you're going to learn to express yourself and to love people differently. Yeah. You are. So for me, every country I have lived in, you know, God's word is the same. How I apply it may be different. Mm. Which areas I may need to emphasize may be different but you don't throw it away and you don't compromise. Yes, you bring some of who you are, but even more importantly, I hope I bring who I am in Christ. Because I can only encourage you and give you hope for about five minutes. Hmm. God can do it for a lot longer. Yeah, he has a lot of persistence. So let's really emphasize the eternal and then we can still talk about the other stuff, it matters. Let's deal with what's eternal.
0: All right, Daniel. So you managed to reconstitute your teams and decided, no, we're going to go in-country. When people say, get out of the country and beam it in from the outside from someplace you're safe, you decided that, no, where the story is happening, the story that needs to be told and observed is happening right here. This is the spiritual front lines. So where else should we be? Nowhere. This is it. You got them busy producing right where they are. And, of course, it probably added a whole lot of uh, technical nightmares to you to make sure you could get reliable signals and get the programs out and up to the satellites and back down again. And you said that the message itself has been evolving to things that are more practical and less esoteric and less theology and more practicum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I get all that. What else are you seeing has been shifting in the hearts of those who are involved with CWR there in Ukraine? What is God telling them or opening their hearts about? What are they talking about when they talk with you?
1: There's a lot of thanks to God. Mm. And first I'm going to say is we couldn't tell them anything. If somebody's in a war setting, mm-hmm. hiding in a bunker for their safety, you're not going to tell them to hurry up and get to the studios and make 10 more <laughs> yeah, programs. It's true. They chose to do this. Yeah. And sometimes we were almost begged, please let us continue. Right. No, we don't have the programs quite in time yet. Repeat a couple, and we're going to catch up. We are going to do this because we want to reach our people. Right. So... You know, it's a question for me. Who does God have for me to reach? And what's my excuse? Maybe I don't have an excuse and I'm doing it. That's great. But it is a question. What does God have for me to do today, tomorrow? And what is the message? Because that message is always about his son and his salvation. But the way of communicating it may well change.
0: Yeah, because you're not going to be preaching funeral sermons at a wedding.
1: And it was also quite difficult. <laughs> As you said, the technical side, there's a period of about two months when A few of us were basically in permanent contact If one of the others joined on the chat on whatever platform. Everybody responded regardless of the day or night because that might be their only chance to talk. And usually nobody had all the languages in common. Usually there were at least two languages involved Mm -hmm. and somebody wasn't understanding one of them. But you give and you sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And that's good. You can't do all of it too long, but it's good. Yeah.
0: Well, for your own sake, Daniel, I hope the, the war ends soon, because you have put out a lot in the past few years. and I've seen the work of your hands, I've seen the respect you've received from your peers, and the gratitude that's come from the audiences out there that have a chance to hear a message of hope, a real one, a real truthful hope, a hope with authority, as you said, that would not be there if not for God's people stepping up saying, we cannot abandon the people of Ukraine and for the Ukrainians, our own people, nor can we abandon the kingdom, if we're in the kingdom. And the more we recognize that we're part of this kingdom and that we are born to this day and time for a reason, for such a time as this. This is the time that God gave us. Choosing to engage, to be involved, to pray, to actually ask God, what can I, what should I be doing today to advance your kingdom and to love people the way you want them loved and to help those who are binding up wounds or getting the word out? What can I do? It's just a practical thing. I mean, if we're really in this for the long game, we want to be there for eternity. Why not be building for eternity? It's a pretty simple question. Since we recorded this interview at the height of the summer 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine, much has changed. And sadly, much has not. All indicators are that Russia is preparing right now for its largest assault yet in the weeks to come. And Daniel assures me the Transworld Radio team is rising to meet the challenge. As we are able, we'll bring that story to you, and next week we'll wrap up this important conversation. I hope you'll tune in then.
2: For now and all the days he gives, I am here, I am here, and I am his for such a time. You can a mirror of his mercy.
0: This need is not going away anytime soon. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please, give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.